Anthony Ha. In our new awesome team format, not so new anymore, but kind of new, for original content, the TechCrunch podcast, where we talk about streaming news and streaming shows and reviewing them and all of it. Woo! You guys good? <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited! <laughs> it's worth noting that we normally record at like 5 p.m. on a Thursday, and yeah. it's 10 a.m. on a Friday, so it's it might different. be a bit of a mood shift. Yeah, I'm yeah. like... 10% like more over it than I normally am. Yeah, Wait, like, more I over it? Oh, yeah. Huh, okay. I don't On know. Friday, Friday usually like... feels a little bit fresh to me because it's like the wacky day. Like, who knows what's going to happen <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> I, I feel like my energy just peaks throughout the day. Like, I'm at peak energy at like 6.30 p.m. Huh. Yeah. That's not me at all. I'm at peak energy at like for two minutes at 11 and then that's it. All right. So well, you maybe right the at the end then, of this Daryl. episode, you're going to be crazy. Oh, going to be yeah. amped up. <laughs> but the level all other times is down 100%. It's just those two minutes. Cool. Like, I can't wait yeah. to be a part of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, uh, yeah, it's been a weird week. I was in a car accident. That was fun. In the course yeah, of we should work. maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Um, we should, so we, we're going to, as, as always, we're going to do a roundup of the news um and we're then we're going to review this new netflix series altered carbon um before you any of that i i do think maybe daryl you should tell us a little bit about this car accident you got into yeah so uh i guess it's related because our youtube video is doing fairly well on our YouTube well and, channel, and people care about you daryl they, they want to know you're okay yeah Daryl. i actually did get a lot of well wished and it's in like dms and stuff and i do appreciate all that that was i got a nice. lot of well wishes for you like via oh. me because I tweeted it and people were like, is he okay? And I'm like, yeah. Did you wonder if I was in the car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was just, it was me in the car. And then it was also, uh, Gregory and Joe from our video team. Um, I don't know. I won't say their last names cause I think they'd rather not be bothered about it. Um, because there has been a, a bit of inbound interest from other media outlets and stuff, but like, Basically, we were in a car. We were they they were along because we're doing a video of this uh, demonstration of a level two uh, automated driving feature, semi-automated driving features. The technical definition according to the SAE uh, Automotive Security Standards body, but it's basically like like autopilot or like GM Super Cruise or like Nissan's ProPilot, one of these things that's a bit more of an advanced um, smart cruise feature where like. It'll do lane keeping. It'll do keeping distance between you and the car ahead of you and, like, keeping your speed. And it'll also do, like, automatic uh, lane changes. But basically, it w- everything seemed to be going smoothly. We were doing this with this. There's a startup called Phantom AI. It's their software. They want to sell this aftermarket to OEMs is the idea. And they're, like, people are, uh, well, it's just random startup. But it's not. Like, they have very good... Uh, uh, expertise and experience the ceo and co-founder is actually from tesla's team left and did this and then his his co-founder is a longtime hyundai employee but also like before that uh but also a phd in in a related field in robotics and computer vision so and 13 of the 20 people on their team have phds in related fields so it wasn't like we were just like oh yeah let's get in this random people's (laughs) car and drive around um but yeah so uh, unfortunately while we were out there like a car or a garbage bin dropped off of like a pickup truck uh for some kind of like service company or whatever in the freeway in the middle of freeway in california and then uh the car in front of us which was like nissan rogue ironically the one that like the model year i used to have a 2013 or so uh it stopped to avoid this and came to a dead stop within about three seconds and then the car we were in the guy behind the wheel who was the co-founder like noticed but apparently noticed too late and like hammered the brake and then we went from like about 60 or 70 down to 20 but still hit the guy the rogue in front of us going 20 so it was uh you know it's a harrowing experience we were all a little bit freaked out you can see from the video which is on the website uh i mean it's a good thing that he at least like didn't panic to the point where he didn't 
press the brake at all. Like yeah. the difference between a 70 mile per hour impact and a 20 mile per hour oh, impact, right. like that could have been life or death for you guys, especially given that been. the airbags didn't go off. The airbags didn't go off. Like they said it was, they shouldn't <coughs> at like a 20 and a, I don't know. It seems like that's true based on taking surveys from people, but also they had monitors mounted on the passenger side. So Joe, who was in the So like if the airbags did go off, <laughs> like yeah it would have shot this monitor into his face which would have yeah. been no good too so uh who knows but anyways everyone was all right so that was the good news out of it um but it really did you know it was it, it was suspect because the system was definitely engaged and the system showed no signs of wanting to slow or stop on its own at this point and despite the fact that there was a stopped car in front of it right that, well didn't they, they say that that was turned off so they said the emi- the autom- automated emergency braking or AEB, which is the common industry term, system was turned off because it had been throwing a lot of false positives. Like it had been stopping when it was not when it should not have. Like there was nothing in front of it. Um, so it was over overperforming basically in a way that would have probably helped that accident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they didn't want that to be doing that during the demonstration, so they had turned it off. But I mean, it's. It, that is definitely an excuse, but with these automated braking, or not uh, not automated braking, with these automated cruise features, like they should be slowing relative to the speed of the car in front of them anyway. So it should have been doing something. But well, and I guess also with a like very don't take stop, don't take press out. Like those. If two you're not hundred percent sure. I, yeah, I'm not like a car person, right? But right. like it seems fairly logical that if you're gonna test like automated piloting or whatever it is that it should those two things go hand in hand and you don't bring you don't like launch that without everything being smoothed out and working in tandem do you know what i mean like it just that was poor decision making but i do remember for them too it was like so they had they said you know we've done hundreds and hundreds of drives with investors with whomever else like everyone right but uh potential oem partners so they seemed pretty surprised that it could happen, but the other side of it is that they were really talking up the ability of their system to handle edge cases. Yeah, um, relative like this one? Yeah, exactly. Like relative to something like Tesla, uh, which uses only optical cameras, and they were saying, you know, we, we have radar and we have other sensors um, that, that should be able to, to help this work better. And then that happened. So, you know, it really, it, and I did, f- I mean, I felt bad for the company because it's a young company. Of course. Right. Just staffed with what seemed like very smart, diligent people. Um, and it's a very hard thing to get over when something like this happens this publicly. Right. Uh, but at the same time, it's like Jordan says, like, don't put people in your car. <laughs> if you're not 100% sure, they're going to be safe. Well, and it's the same thing for, like, customers. Like, yeah, you feel bad for the company, but, like, they probably – it only takes one. They might have m- taken hundreds of things out for drives and blah, 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 but, like, mm. it only takes one customer getting hurt. It's a high-stakes game. Like, yeah. if you're going to make a car or, like, tell someone that their car will drive for them, it's, like, a life-or-death type situation, and it only takes one thing to go wrong for the company to end itself. So yeah. – you no, know exactly press customer investor it doesn't really matter like no and nobody can get in a wreck too. like it's it's gonna happen like that's just the nature of everybody chasing this carrot and you're gonna have varying levels of success and it's not perfect or else it would already be in use right and it won't be perfect until it is in use but and i also want to say like I also drove the Tesla Model X around a lot, and uh, I I used autopilot a lot, like before both before and after, and I felt quite safe and comfortable there. And and people have uh, like people have been emailing me saying like, are you still? What do you think about this category? Has your opinion on it changed? And it really hasn't. Like I still think that's the way to go, and that it's a it's worth developing and and working on uh, autonomous vehicle technology and that ultimately that will be far, far safer and, and that's what makes it worthwhile. But obviously I'm going to be a little a little more <laughs> reluctant to get in cars. But we did go, we went on and did their level four demo too, which is partly we were all like, 
shell yeah. <laughs> I read the post and it was like <laughs> and then after we stopped talked to the patrolman and filed a police report we got into another car with these people and tried out <laughs> another kind of, it's like what are you doing bro come I know, home I know in retrospect it's like wow what the hell but it was kind of a it was a mixture of like we don't know what to do we're all like a little weirded out these guys were very insistent like let's move to the next place and just do that because they were trying to recover they're like everything yeah of course and like you know you have a you're like one canadian and two everyone at TechCrunch doesn't nobody wants to see a startup like you know die did they they try to convince you not to to post the video or did was that did they understand that that was sort of a you know foregone conclusion so i mean so they did say it once to their credit they said it like immediately like not immediately. They first were very concerned about our safety, but they were like, "Oh, maybe you could just not write about us at all right now, and we can talk about it later." And then I was like, "I mean, you you should understand. You must understand that given the circumstances, that is absolutely impossible." Um, and but I, I think really it was just heat of the moment, right? Panic, and then a realization once I explained, and you know that of course, of course not, right? Well, and right, again, and it's, it's totally like, fair to at okay, least make the ask and just see what you say, and then as soon as you're like, "Now we're doing it," like, then it yeah. sounds like they were like, "All right, fair enough. We'll we'll just try to figure out what happened." And and as, and it seems like you were very fair to them in terms of letting them, you know, you know, provide as much context and explanation as they could get. Yeah, like, no, exactly. For, for those and, and of you guys listening at home, like, it's not it. it, it, it Daryl actually does not have a choice in that situation because right. this company wants to launch this product. So, like, if you, you know, you might think, like, oh, maybe, why didn't you wait? Like, why didn't you just give them time to figure it out and stuff like that? And maybe they do figure it out. But, like, this has to be on the record for the safety of consumers, you know? Right. And that conversely, yeah, exactly. if, if, you know, it, it somehow somebody finds out that we knew that we were in an accident and we never revealed that, like, that would be hugely damaging to our credibility. Yeah. yeah on a more and personal I, level. Yeah. And that was how I kind of made them understand. It was like, listen, I know that you think that this is the end for your company um but in the same way if we were to do that that's the core of our company that's what we do right is like tell the truth of these things so if it ever came out that we didn't then that would be the end for us right so now you can understand yeah well i remember being in the office and like overhearing a phone call and was like oh did you file a report like did you file a police report and this the same week we were testing the model x Mm-hmm. And Daryl had been driving around the Model X, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I know he got in a wreck in the Model X, like just Everybody from the context clues. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. was like, "That's insane!" And then yeah. later, I find out that he is just getting into whatever car anybody offers him. And just <laughs> yeah, so I do. Around. I mean, I'm gonna be. I don't know. I'm gonna still do these. I'm just gonna be more anxious about it. I guess. Just, just I'm wear gonna... a helmet. We're just in all the tests. Just always be wearing a helmet. That'll make some good video and GIF, too. But also, <laughs> like, they didn't make you sign anything, right? No, yeah, and that's sort of normal for all of these is that they they make you sign away. Like, uh, basically, I deny or, like, I refuse all rights and whatever. Like, if I'm in an accident, that's fine. I give up my life. <laughs> like, the, there's lots of lots and lots of documents that the automakers and technology companies usually make you sign before you get in these cars for these tests. Uh, which if anything happens don't actually have a great like i was talking to my lawyer friend about it uh once and she was like yeah like those don't mean anything like they can make you sign those they have no effect if there's actually something that goes wrong they're basically designed to make it a little more difficult and to kind of scare you into not doing anything should anything go wrong to make you think that if it happens like you've you've already yeah. lost your rights to not even yeah, call a exactly lawyer, it's the same with a lot of like ndas and like other things that are related to uh sort of company liability and stuff like that or employee employer relationships like most of those are not will not have be able to hold up if you actually get into a courtroom situation but people do it so that there are fewer courtroom situations essentially uh anyways all right well i'm yeah, glad I'm you're okay, okay. yeah I, absolutely and it's uh i don't know i guess there's a lesson i'll figure it out someday 
Helmets. Helmets. As soon as your head stops hurting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, do you want to get on to the actual business of the show now that we've spent? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Let's. Um, yeah, it was a nice, nice deviation. Right. It's, we were just, we were all searching. We I think for the transition there just wasn't no. one, so we just did a hard, hard, you know, pivot. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think the first thing I want to talk about um, was YouTube TV, which is launching on Roku and Apple TV. Um, and, and just to be clear, YouTube TV, that obviously there are YouTube itself was on a lot of these devices, um, but, but its live TV service was not, um, which, is our, which is itself like pretty surprising. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like, I mean, it's hard to believe that I get, you know, if you have a Chromecast one, if you have a smart TV, I believe that it rolled out to consoles a few like a month ago or maybe a bit longer than that. So like. Yes, there was access to this stuff. Not to mention you could watch it on your phone or your computer. Right. Um, but it just seems like Roku and Apple TV are like where you go to watch streaming stuff. So it it's crazy to me that it took so long. Um, but yeah, that's great. I mean, it should it should pick up way faster, I feel like. Yeah. You know, like smart TVs are really hard to manage, in my opinion. Like I've never use directly a smart tv portal for anything like netflix or hulu or anything because it's just uh, clunky you yeah know, I've, just... I've used a lot i've used WebOS. i have like an lg tv and i've also been using i've got a sony uh oled oled tv right now and i've been using uh uh android tv and i also use the shield i really like android tv it works very very well especially as a smart tv inter- interface but I would agree with you on LG and anything else that's like first party. I think that they are not good and they work bad. Uh, well, and like I can't remember, like I don't know how old my TV is, but it's old enough. It's a smart TV, but it's like old enough for me to have tried it once six years ago and been like, no, I'm not going to do this. But I know people who do. But either way, I think that it's much more common to go through like an Apple TV or a Roku. Yeah. But the, uh, um, and then there's like the console owners, but those are gamers, right? That's not like your mainstream cheap over. No, the top and people audience, wanted it to so. like the game companies seemed to want it to be it for a while. They thought that was going to happen, but it did not happen. It's like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Like the the Xbox One was supposed to be like the your everything, the media yeah. console, right? And I mean, yeah. I will say, I they, mean, we have. Um, an Xbox in, in our apartment. And I think, you know, I mean, it's my roommates and I think he basically got it as a, uh, you know, he, he, like he spends more time watching TV on it than he does playing games, but I think he's probably weird. Yeah. He's weird. Well, it's interesting too. Cause I have a PlayStation four and an Xbox one and I used to play games on the Xbox one, but I found that I like wanted the PlayStation four for gaming. And as soon as I got it, like the Xbox has become, the media console like we will turn off the playstation hmm. 4 even though i could get yeah. hulu and netflix on the playstation 4 like we'll turn it off and turn on the xbox to watch netflix and then in my bedroom it's the apple tv so, so why do, why do you do it that way do you have any real reason um well okay for one like i like to keep the playstation controllers as charged as uh. possible so like because <laughs> i don't use a wired connection and it's like with my girlfriend, it'll I'll find like four controllers out on the coffee table, and all of them will be dead. So, try to keep those plugged in as much as possible. And I'm already I was already signed in to all of this stuff on Xbox, and I was like, why don't I just save my storage on my PlayStation for games? So, it's just like a habit. It doesn't necessarily make right. sense. It's not super efficient, but it's just the way we do things now. I see. There's no could, reason. There's n- it's not like there's higher quality. I or feel anything. like you're like in, there's zero you could do some behavior modification maybe on this one. Or maybe you could do <laughs> some understanding. <laughs> maybe. Uh. So, so one of the other interesting things that, that was um, mentioned in uh, Sarah Press's article about this was just in terms of like how these different um, you know skinny bundle services are doing. Um, and, and it seems like... Uh, you know, there, I think in, in the case of YouTube TV and, and Hulu Live TV, um, there's not official numbers. There's just sort of, you know, third parties trying to figure this out. But, like, it seems like the, the stuff that's doing better is, is um, AT&T's DirecTV Now and, and Sling TV, which have, like, millions of users. 
whereas Hulu is like about 450,000 and YouTube is at about 300,000. So, I mean, I think they're doing, you know, that, that certainly for a comp- brand new service, they're, they're not doing badly, but, but they're not like a home run yet. Well, and DirecTV and Sling are like way older. Like they've been around for a yeah. long time. Right. Although DirecTV now, is... which is the, that, that, the, like the skinny t- like bundle version, I think that's, I want to say two years old now, something, maybe one or two years. I don't think it's, you know, DirecTV is a brand, it certainly, I mean, it's a place where you go to get TV. Yeah, is, it's is... like an integrated brand. Like it's been like, it, it's an easier upsell, I feel like. Yeah. Whereas, but either way, like I, I will change to either Hulu Live or YouTube in the next couple months. Like that, I'm going to make that swap and get rid of my cable because, you know, I, I mentioned in one of the episodes we did a while ago that my mom switched to Hulu Live and I thought it was like a great experience. I didn't have any problems with it. And it makes more sense because you spend 70% of your time in either Hulu or Netflix and then just the swap to live TV, like having it all right there just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so. yeah I haven't... Uh... I, I I feel left out because I haven't been able to use any of these because they're all American only thus far and probably will be forever. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I honestly don't think those will launch here. Probably. How ever. does it feel to live oh. in the past, Daryl? Feels great. Feels so good. I have my. I'm happy with my. My main hesitation is which one's better. Like, what's better, YouTube TV or Hulu Live? Like, we haven't it really done like that. Sounds like they're of a piece. I don't know. Is there a big difference? It doesn't seem like there's a dramatic difference. I mean, I guess like the fact. I think they're almost. A, they're the same price, right? They're both forty. A, 40 I feel like a the month. question is: yeah. right? Do you watch more Hulu or do you watch more YouTube? Like, if you're like a person who's already somebody who likes consuming a ton of YouTube content, you want to stick with that. But if you're like more traditional TV watcher, you want to stick with Hulu. Well, I'm sure you'll have like critiques of this, but behaviorally, I watch YouTube on my computer. And I watch Hulu on the TV. Like, I don't spend a lot of time on YouTube well, on my TV. you made TV. your choice. Right. Just do the Hulu. <laughs> Just lie in the bed <laughs> that you've made. Gosh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That seems like a good rubric. I, what about, like, premium? Yeah. Are the other th- do either of them add on premium stuff, or is that just all still s- run separately? Hulu yeah. does. Hulu, yeah. Hulu adds on premium. But I already have – well, that's a good question because I have HBO through my cable. I'm going to have to do some math. I'm going to have to do some number crunching on all of this. Yeah. Right. And make sure it makes sense. Because undoubtedly, some, like, spreadsheets and pro my con internet lists. bill are go- is going to go up. Yeah, I think that's what you mean. Yeah. All right. Is there more other news? Yeah, yeah, there's one other thing which I think ties into our discussion of premium uh, television, which is that HBO, they announced that they have now like 5 million um, online customers. And so basically half of that is um, people who are actually using the, the HBO Now app, which is you know their, the thing where you can just sign up for HBO on its own without dealing with cable. And then the other half is people who are basically buying um, HBO not through a standard cable package, but through something like Amazon or DirecTV Now. Um, so like, well, you know, it, it is that like th- th- this pattern of like this sort of unbundling is like at this point like pretty, you know, definitely happening and although it's happening in a couple of different ways. Yeah. I'm so glad it's happening. Yeah, it's been a long time. We've been like talking about it potentially happening for many, many, many years, it seems like. But it finally actually... When I had there. such a thing back in the day for Aereo, you know Aereo? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's like sick of me Chet, talking about it. But Chet I'm going to keep Kenoja? talking about it. So... Chet Kanoja, yeah, yeah, he's the guy who's doing Starry Internet now. I love that he went from like I'm gonna disrupt the cable and media industry to like I'm gonna go after ISPs. It's like you haven't changed at all, bro. Like, well, he just wants to go tackle the biggest like problems. closer to the root of the issue, I guess, or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I I like but, I like I remember I tagged along with you one time when we went to like the server their like data server location or whatever and it was for their like micro antennas and they like had little server like trailers up on roofs that were like essentially you'd rent out this tiny antenna and it would work like rabbit ears yeah that's how they were trying to get around the word something like 15 dollars a month yeah (laughs) right the only thing was that legally 
they decided that people, you know, the government decided that, that you couldn't do yeah. that. Because yeah. they're in the big cable's pocket. That too, That's the only reason. Exactly. Like, the leak. I, I spent a long time looking at all of this, and, like, legally speaking, they were not outside of the boundaries of the law. Like, they they were doing everything to a T. That's why they got so much in funding because they were like, no, we've built this to be within the law. Like we actually built it less efficiently so that we could be legally sound. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And like they had, instead of using, like they could have used one big antenna and had everyone buy, like rent a share of it and use that to broadcast. But instead they were like, no, we will make, millions of tiny ones just so that it's not a yeah. public performance and a private but then anthony's in big cable's and pocket the, so he's like no that's true yeah, of i course just I'm, I'm cashing that that verizon <laughs> money right now oh wait literally i think the supreme court even in that even in that ruling the supreme court was like if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck it's a duck and it's like i could walk like a duck and quack like a duck <laughs> that doesn't make me a duck like what are you talking about supreme well, does court it? doesn't it make you a duck maybe you are maybe it does <laughs> all right that's enough <laughs> all right we're done <laughs> <laughs> anyways i think it's cool that hbo is getting even bigger i guess because yeah. hbo is the best and i'm glad to see unbundling finally like you know making an impact yeah well I'd i guess be part interested of to see what what's interesting is how quickly year. this you know even though, even though obviously it's been talked about for a while it just seemed like for a long time there was a lot of talk and nothing happening mm. and then like Recently, um, I think because we were talking about Game of Thrones, um, like I was like looking up like like basically five a little under five years ago, like you know Ryan Lawler and I went to this um, HBO event where they were launching like the third season of Game of Thrones, and that was when um, the the you know Richard Plepler, one of their executives, basically came with the express purpose of saying, "Hey, HBO is finally going to do something." Um, you know, outside of traditional cable. But even then, there were no specific plans. Like, it was just like, hey, we're going to do this eventually. We're just signaling that this is eventually going to happen. Um, and in less than five years, you know, it's become gotten to the point where there, it basically represents like 10% of their U.S. customer base is, you know, not through this these traditional channels. Well, and it's going to be like pedal to the metal from here on out because what's going to happen is all these other cable providers, now we've got Hulu Live, we've got HBO going over the top, you've got YouTube TV, and it is truly just a matter of time before all the traditional folks are like, we got to figure out an internet plan, like we got to figure out a skinny package, like an over the top package. And it'll it'll happen quickly. It just takes like enough of their market share for them to be like, oh, we're already behind. Let's roll out something that works poorly because we've rushed it. And that will happen soon right. enough. I mean, that already has happened with things like like CBS All Access, which is not a great consumer product. And that you know, me and you know other chumps are are just doing because we want you need your Star uh, Trek because we want Star Trek. Yeah. Move to Canada, you just get it. Oh, oh wait, but the then you still have to get regular cable, which is. In Canada, they're still on like the fourth season. Like they don't even know what of happens Star next. Star Trek. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh... Oh, your your kindness and. No, we get some of this stuff before you guys. I... Weirdly, the the media stuff, uh-huh. just because of like, I don't know, time zones and licensing deals or something. Yeah, but it's stuff we don't care about, so it doesn't matter. Time zones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Toronto gets everything 15 minutes yeah. before us. You know, I don't know how it works. I'm not. I'm not an expert. All right. Well, should we talk about altered carbon? Let's or do, do we it. Need a better. Oh, uh, you did that? it. That was a perfect pivot. It's like the future. No. <laughs> 15 minutes into the future. <laughs> yeah. So what did we? Th- I I watched like two and a half. We should episodes. say at the outset. I didn't get as far as this I is the review to. part, and we're gonna. I think we'll go spoiler free then, right? Because I also didn't get to watch as much as I would have liked to. In that I only got to watch one. Yeah, episode. I think yeah. I think this is just gonna be our general impression. So so yeah, this is all spoiler free. You know, this is just for yeah yeah. You can anyone who's worried about spoilers, you can listen safely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so altered carbon. It is based on book. Is it? Is it? Yeah, a novel <laughs> yeah, by is. Richard K. K. Morgan. You sounded <laughs> confident, but then... <laughs> like you got like ninety percent of the way there, and you just like fell off a cliff. <laughs> It's based on book. Wait, hold on. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, who's the author, Anthony? Oh, Richard K. Morgan. Okay. I mean, this is like basically the book that he's known for. Um, and apparently he wrote like two sequels, which 
you know, presumably if the show does well, they can then adapt the sequels, um, and, and then we'll see what happens. Nice. And it, I was talking about it a little bit in San Francisco and Panzer was like, if you're not going to show me the film and stop or the series and stop yeah. talking about it, because I've read the books, like stop he talking had strong, about strong it. opinions because like, okay. we had screeners. So th- and he wasn't privy to those screeners, uh, but he had very strong opinions about he was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to do this this way. And are they going to depict this in the style that it's true from the novels? And apparently the novels are like hypersexualized or something. So. Or they have like really intense well, like, sexualized just like scenes. So in that and, sense, like, it seems weird, like they're doing well. Ones. Yeah, based on my brief, uh, like I only saw episode one, but there even in that one there was like some stuff where I'm like, oh, okay, this is gonna go that way. This is gonna go sexy. No, yeah. Oh I yeah, mean, and it gets way so sexier. Good, good. Oh goodness, good, good. Yeah. Um. No, I I thought that. So I didn't read the book. So one of my main things is that it's like very, very cliche sci-fi that doesn't make it like less interesting. It's still like, like really beautiful. Like all of these wide panning shots and all of the futuristic stuff is like really nice to watch. But I did find it difficult to like understand the rules. Like I felt like maybe I I don't feel like I. I think they wanted to stay away from like super hezy, heavy like exposition. Mm. And so I found myself being like, what does that word mean? Like, what are they taught? Like how, you know what I mean? Like just trying to play catch up with the rules of this world and how everything works. But I explained um, to you about the oysters and the brain oysters and everything. You did explain the space oysters yeah. to me. And it actually, I feel like hindered <laughs> my understanding because... <laughs> That's 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 my general experience reading a Daryl Atherington article. Is I feel like I understand it less after I finish. Yeah, I'm like, so wait, these are space oysters. Like they find them and sell them for money, and it's like, no, those are people's consciousness. Like, well, I mean, I didn't know. So then it turned out that it was different. It turned out, yeah, it was quick. I still feel like it could have been my my answer, but it wasn't though. Yeah, so the basic premise, this is not spoiling anything, is that this show is essentially like a cop TV show, like a crime drama set way, way, way in the yeah, future. Yeah, it's like a detective and f- noir thing, but like with sci-fi. And that's not... Right. It's basically like, I mean, the noir. Blade Runner template. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then the the quirk or whatever, what makes it interesting, or its twist, is that people can download or upload, I guess, their consciousness into a little disc called a stack, and that can be put into whatever body. And so the very rich can theoretically live forever. Um, and other people can also go on living as long as their stack is intact. Yeah. Yes. The stack is the, the core real, that's your identity. And then the meat thing is just the skin that's what they refer to it as right sleeve. Oh, the sleeve, sleeve actually yeah, yeah. space oysters <laughs> and skins so <laughs> daryl's ex- explanation is completely false on every every part but no i think and i like the concept i think the basic concept is pretty easy to to get your head around but i yeah i don't know i haven't seen enough to know I, I'm sure they a lot of sci-fi shows like to get into the weeds a bit like with their own terminology and things like that and it can be a lot more awkward in a TV show to introduce those terms make those terms seem natural and part of the world and also to explain exactly what they mean in a way that's not awkwardly exposition heavy like there's not just somebody coming in and saying oh you want to know what this word means this word is this right um whereas in a book like it's pretty easy like uh, often they don't also don't do that direct explanation but they'll just like use it over and over again in a bunch of different contexts until you like figure it out um but I, maybe you're also just more willing to kind of like forgive things and be like okay i'll figure this out eventually like yeah I'll, there's first use but i'll figure it out eventually 
Yeah, I mean, I, the show I thought about a lot was um, Westworld. I mean, because I think in some ways probably... I mean, I, I haven't actually looked at the exact timeline, but I, I think, like, Westworld is definitely, like, an influence in terms of, like, being like, yes, we should have, like, this serious science fiction show with, like, that, like, mixes a lot of, like, serious talk with, like, lots of nudity and sex and violence and this sort of cynical view of human nature. Yeah, but that's also, um, like, a that's just a distillation of the, the Game of Thrones, too, right? Right, right, sure. I think you can draw a line between all of those. Um, but, like, one of the different... I think, like, Westworld was a show where the first episode was intentionally, like, pretty disorienting. And they don't tend to do a lot of explanation. But I'm I, my feeling, at least, was that, like, that was a show where there really weren't a lot of rules. And it was kind of whatever they thought was dramatically the most interesting in the moment they would do. Yeah. Um, which, I think, really hurt my enjoyment of that show. Whereas here... I think a lot of it even I've so I've watched six episodes and I feel like I don't know all the rules yet but I feel like those things are there like the the world building feels consistent and like like there is a real you know there is a there there but at the same time like I and I don't know exactly why I have that faith that I didn't and and that I feel like that sort of disappeared as I watched the first season of Westworld which I still liked a lot but I just felt like it felt very clear to me that the writers were kind of making it up as they went along um, here it feels like, I mean, obviously because there's three existing books, um, that, that even if they don't explain stuff, like that, 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 that they know, you know, that they have an answer and that this word really means something. Um, and so I liked that sort of feeling of, of like not knowing and like being kind of disoriented, but it, it, without like worrying too much about <laughs> whether or not it, this is going somewhere. So my biggest thing is my biggest two things i guess are that joel kinnaman the guy who plays uh takeshi kovacs is like so capable of really subtle beautiful things and emotional things and in the first two episodes you get like barely is that based on previous roles you're saying yeah like what and like um well i he was in okay i just didn't know i I don't recognize him for anything that's why i was curious yeah he was RoboCop. He was in House of Cards. Oh, he was RoboCop. yeah, he's his been subtle in a bunch emotion from RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. He held handled that so eloquently. No, um, like in House of Cards, he was like actually a very complex, like character that you had a lot of empathy for, and I'm hoping that you you get like a softer or at least like a most more introspective side of him. He feels like in the first two episodes, he felt very, like, cliched cynical detective. Yeah, well, they, they want that hard-boiled, like, noir thing, right? So, I feel like they gotta go well, with that early and I think on, like, at least. As they unravel his, like, past, because we don't know much about his history, like, as they dive deeper into that, I hope that that offers those opportunities. Um, and I also, I, I feel like that is just the greater theme as well. Like, can we expand beyond the classic cynical detective trying to solve the crime you know and actually go somewhere deeper with it i think that is what i'll be looking for like how does it unravel beyond this like main plot of solving this murder maybe anthony can give us a hint without any major spoilers just about general directional things yeah i mean i think that as a character this character of Takeshi kovach i think he doesn't you definitely learn more about him, and, and I think what you know, I, I don't think it's giving too much away that, that in fact, that the, the show opens with him sort of wearing one sleeve, and and you know, very quickly he he gets tran- you know, basically killed, yeah. and then like wakes up in Joel Kinnaman's body essentially, um, which I mean, we can and we can maybe talk about this a little bit more later. Is like it sort of creates this sort of interesting and and not entirely embraced. Uh, dynamic right. where you know it's and it's again another Asian character who's been you know played by a, a white actor although for you know kind of complicated interesting reasons um but like so you you find out more about his background but fundamentally he's still the sort of like tough as nails you know doesn't care about anyone but you kind of know he, he he's you know gonna rediscover his conviction and and the fact that he's actually a good person like over the course of the season yeah well he seems to so have I, his I don't prin- think like right away they start with like there's a principled aspect to him and whatever he was involved in before seemed to be based on high principle and some kind of resistance or whatever, right? So, right, exactly, and that like, but that's been sort of taken away from him, 
Um, so I would say like where they where things get more interesting is in the sort of exploration of the the science fictional kind of conceit of and and one of the fun things I don't know that they do anything super original but it is really fun is like almost every character over almost every actor on the show at some point gets to play multiple characters because of this sort of consciousness swapping technology it gets like much crazier in terms of like who is wearing you know um which you know which sleeve uh, and and that is a lot of fun. I mean, it, it, and in some ways, it's reminiscent of this of this show, uh, this Joss Whedon show from like ten years ago, Dollhouse. Uh, Dollhouse. Yeah, I, I watched all of that. Yes, which which you can tell they watched because they have uh, two actors from <laughs> yeah. Dollhouse who are in this show. Uh, what's his name from Battlestar Galactica? And then also, yeah, Tamo. I think Tamo Penicut yep, was in Battlestar and then in Dollhouse. Wait, what? What did he play? He in He was the captain of the thing that goes down on. Uh, what's it called? Caprica. The the plane that goes down on Caprica. There's the guy and the girl in the shuttle. Oh yeah, he plays um uh the the guy. Not Boomer, but the other God, one. The names in that show are so hard. Yeah, to not Boomer, but the hey hey Hilo Hilo yeah. Hilo. So he's yeah. Hilo, and then you've got uh, Dyke and Lackman, right? Is that how you say your name? Yeah, yeah. Who is also in Dollhouse and is a kind of a weed and they're both. Are they both Josh Whedon staples, or I think she's been in multiple. I wouldn't say staples, but like I mean, yeah, they were both in Dollhouse, and then she did some other stuff with with him yeah. as well. I mean, smaller stuff with at least with other with other Dollhouse people. Yeah, but she ha- she hasn't like really done. Oh yeah, she was in um, Agents of Shield, which is a, a weed yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we got in the weeds. What were we talking about with that? <laughs> <laughs> Just in general, like I mean, I I would say that like I agree that like it's it it is. It, this weird mix of very sort of like stock elements, which are, I mean, executed reasonably well, but you kind of just feel like, all right, like I've seen this before. Um, and like certain, and a few things that I think are done really originally and, and smartly. Um, and so like you, it, it does feel like you kind of have it, like, it's a question of like, are the new things in it? Like, do they feel interesting enough to, to you to like kind of keep going and i think i think that's going to differ from viewer to viewer because i think like some people are just gonna be like oh man just more of this like private eye you know blade runner bullshit um and some people are gonna be oh this is like this identity transfer stuff is going to be really interesting um and i mean some people i mean they might just enjoy you know even though it's familiar it's well done like i mean i think you know seeing you know all these you know joel kinnaman like sitting around like drinking you know whiskey and smoking a cigarette and Busting heads, like it is fun. Yeah, it's, there's it's nothing not great, to be said for fun. doing genre fiction really well and even sticking to the rules of it, right? Like, and they already have the the wrinkle that it's sci-fi, which I guess is not really that much of a wrinkle anymore. But but still, it is good to see that kind of thing executed properly and delivered properly. Well, it's nice to see like Netflix spending the big bucks to do it right. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is clearly a very expensive show. And like yeah, visually, just visually and from an effects standpoint, they pull it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're I mean, I, I, one thing I was sort of disappointed by is, I mean, there is, um, in that first episode, like a pretty big time jump between the intro, and uh, the the next, and and in fact, and and you get more flashbacks, and there's a lot of jumping around in time, and like you don't necessarily get a really distinct sense that like oh, like in you know the earlier time frame the technology is a lot less advanced and like things have changed dramatically when you jump you know hundreds of years ahead in the future yeah. um so that's kind of surprising that like both of them feel like this sort of cyberpunky um you know near future but yeah it's like almost you know, as if it, they it is achieved cool to a, like plateau and then they're like all right we don't need to develop anymore right well and then you have like the main character being like this isn't my world like but he means, he means literal planet, doesn't he? I don't he? know oh, no, this no, world. Right. Some of the technology stuff. No, I think he to. means, like, it's just different. Yeah, it's like... Right. But I do think, like, um, one of the things I thought was really interesting, and this is kind of Westworld-y, too, is that my favorite character right now is the the AI, Poe. Oh, oh is yeah, that he's the great. hotel AI? Yeah, and he's, like, so... I like that whole and like I empathize whole with him. Thing and the, the whole like idea, yeah, the idea yeah, of like yeah. there was these AI hotels and they were too um, protective, yeah, overprotective, <laughs> overattached. They got kind of needy, and then people don't use them anymore. I thought that was really really engaging, even though they just kind of and they it was a it, that was an example where they set something up that was like 
could have been really exposition heavy or awkward and they did it pretty efficiently i think they just only took a couple sentences and then they're like well and it served yeah, the plot exactly it wasn't just for like oh this is Look the future so there are ai hotels yeah. and there yeah yeah it was like okay but there is this weird thing we're not going to talk too much about it we're just going to let you know that this is how it works and then it'll serve and then the we plot will show later, you very viscerally how that works right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah although it's weird because it, it, it almost because they set it up as like it's almost going to be this bad thing that like if you stay like right like, then the then the hotel will get like really attached and stalkerish or not let you go or something Whoa. and and i mean you know maybe I, they haven't at least in the stuff i've sent they haven't done much with it yeah yeah maybe be maybe patient yeah. we don't know yeah we don't know we don't know yeah. and i think he's a great yeah. character i po think turn I, against us well, uh-huh. and I thought it was interesting they had like a little AI round table with all the Listen, AIs hanging out. I don't know what and, you're like, talking about. Talking. But eventually I'll get there. <laughs> You'll learn though, but like they are, they're characters that have relationships. Between each other. Yeah, which that's is good. like between each other. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow. And like judge each other. And you're like, oh. It's just how that's it's mean. exactly like how we judge each other all the time. You're learning a little too much from yeah. the humans, yeah. AIs. Uh,. Um, cool one other thing i liked about the world building i think is like with a lot of science fiction i feel like sometimes they either are like a like everything is kind of like the same where like mm. you know the same conflicts that we're talking about now are this are conflicts we're talking about then or everything is completely new and it's all just like this crazy science fictional stuff and i feel like this is like a mix of weird issues of like who is willing to um to be like you know to to get re- resurrected and things like that are like is this like these hot political and religious issues but at the same time there are also people who are recognizably christian and recognizably muslim and and it's not necessarily obvious who and who is who but like it feels really believable in the sense that you can like imagine you can see that we, a through that, line from that, now to then right exactly but they're still being really imaginative that it's not just like hey what if it was you know what's happening now but slightly more intense. Right. That's kind of, I mean, I like that about the expanse too, um, is that they'd had that, that sort of like they had the Mormons and the generation ship. I don't know if you guys have seen it or read it or whatever. I've only seen like a handful of episodes. Uh, I really want to. I've just it. heard you talk about it literally a thousand. It's very times. good. <laughs> I can't, I, I always got slow on it. in the last book, but then I just finished it on plane ride and I like it again. But anyways, they, they have that sort of thing where you're like, Oh, I can see how you got from here to there. And it's not to- like, there are no major leaps of logic required. And there is also, but it's also like quite different than where we are now. Right. So, I like it. Yeah, I like it in this. I've, one I've heard too. like really good things about it. I still haven't watched it because I'm lazy. Good, yeah, that's good. So, bottom line, then, like, dear listeners, should you watch or not? Darryl? Yes, I'm really looking forward to watching all of this now that it's available on Netflix. Uh, and I, I mean, we get the screeners sometimes. This is a minor aside, but like. I don't really love watching the things with screeners because the quality is dumb and your email jumps around on the screen and. Right. There's so that we should say it basically they generate a video file that's a not great and b like has a watermark so that we can't you know pirate it basically. Yeah. Or if we do, like they'll they'll know. Yeah. And you can't watch it on like the built-in Netflix app on your HDTV or whatever. Like you know. Yeah. You're sitting with like me and Daryl are sitting in a little room in the office watching it on a. 12-inch, 11-inch That actually was kind of fun, because I got to have... I had a running commentary going, and Jordan really appreciated that. He had... Yeah, no, it wasn't even fun a little (laughs) bit, because it was like... That sounds horrible. brand new world. It was a brand new world. I'm trying to understand what all these, like, terms mean, and, like, who is where, and what day it is, and all this stuff, and Daryl's sitting there like, "Mm, look at the space (laughs) oysters. Oh, he looks mad. I wonder what he's thinking right now. Oh, oh my goodness. Look at their helmets. You know, and I'm just like, shut up. I'm trying to understand what's going on, dude. And he's like, oh, I got to go. I have to pee. (laughs) And then I never came back. He just like left like 20 minutes in. Yeah, Yeah, I was just sitting in there. So (laughs) and with that, and given that you had that viewing experience, Jordan, would you recommend the show? Yeah, I would. And it actually it comes out today. Yeah, it's out right now, available right. And I am definitely gonna watch it. I'm hoping that Maria gets into it too. Yeah, otherwise makes it difficult for me to view things. Oh yeah, you can't you can't watch it. I I definitely recommend it. I would say watch the first episode. 
if you don't um if you don't like the first episode i would say like you know it doesn't change dramatically like it's it, it is a pre- it's one of those pilots it's a pretty good representation of the show um but but definitely check out the first episode because it's it's definitely like really well made yeah and then if you and like by it, the way the first episode well, is directed by M- miguel sapochnik mm. who's one of the main directors for game of thrones um and like you can tell like yeah i mean it, it's it's just really well put together yeah yeah it does have that feel but uh but yeah i i think that's good so i didn't know if it was gonna stay stay in tone i hate it when the the pilot is not representative of what goes on but it's pretty consistent well i actually feel like the second episode is like i wasn't sure i wanted to keep watching it until after the second episode because the first one feels so like i felt so lost it's got a a lot of work to do in terms of setting stuff up and exactly like trying to figure out what the point of all of this is and by the like halfway through the second episode i was like okay i get where we're going this season you know what I mean? Like, I can understand where there might be, like, love connections. I can understand, like, all, you know, the drama that may ensue. I understand what the point of this main character's mission is. And now I can just, like, go and watch yeah. it, you know? That's fair. Cool. Okay, watch two episodes, and then if you still don't like it, you can stop. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Jeez. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's pretty pretty good. Pretty high praise overall. And we can... Uh, we can revisit this once we've all seen it and just do a quick sort of summary judgment. Uh, but yeah, other than that, w- do we have anything else coming up on the horizon, Anthony? Uh, I, I think there's like, there's oh, yeah, like that new sucks. movie, like uh, a futile and pointless gesture. I think there's some new shows we can maybe talk about offline and figure out what we want. There's do, a new but, one about um, like some options pre Nazi Berlin. That apparently is quite a good watch. It's like a brand on Netflix show or a movie. Show. Kind of oh, that sounds interesting. I yeah, it's get like a mystery that. show, like a murder mystery or something, but it's set in... And it's a Netflix oh. show? Yeah. Let's see uh, if I can... Babylon Berlin. Only Daryl's uh, heard about I it. I made it up. No, I think it... Maybe it was a Germany's dream. Germany's ba- Babylon, Babylon Berlin, Berlin crime series is like cabaret on cocaine, according to NPR. Sounds great. Ooh. So... Maybe maybe Count it'll be that. So it's a German show then, right? It's one of the ones that Netflix has done with its regional. Right. Features. It's where Netflix is sort of like the uh, the regional exclusive, I think. Awesome. All right. Well, 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 we got a lot of options, so we'll check out something like this. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Just a reminder, if you enjoy the show, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or another podcast app. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, and, you know, regardless, thanks for listening. Yeah, it's 11.02. This is my high energy time. Bye, everyone. Woo!